the gift of witchcraft. I was able to see, hear, and communicate with spirits. It's a very personal relationship between a person and spirit. Eternal lust and some things like that. Working with different energies and spirits and communicating. Creating magic. Powerful yeah. ritual and powerful <laughs> spell. She's actually sending me in the cold. The role of the witch is to make change. Let's it be, y'all. Let's it be. People ask me, like, okay, I'm a witch, and I don't know what to do. And welcome to That Witch Life Podcast. I'm your host today. I'm Hillary. I'm your ghost today. I'm Courtney. I'm Kanani. <laughs> God, you guys are the fucking worst. We're like trying to have a nice episode opening, and these two jackasses are like, it's and I'm on Courtney. Theme. I'm a ghost. Oh my God. It's on theme. <laughs> Not really. We have had a wild week. Yes. Um, and so we interviewed someone very exciting for this episode. And before we tell you who that is, we put it out to our uh, That Witch Life TWL squad. So on Facebook, we have a private members forum for our Patreon subscribers who are at the $5 or above level that you can join. And we just like hang out and share in, like info and stories. And it's like all fun all week. Um, we put mostly- it out to... It's mostly Kanani making fun of both of us throughout the week. Yes. I mean, that's like mostly. People will learn that I don't actually write things. I communicate through memes. Yes. And then, yes. And then it's like sprinkled in with like some valuable information, like in between Kanani's snarkiness. Um, So uh, we posed this to our TWL squad. Oh, um, yes. As soon as we finished if they could get, yeah, as soon as we finished the interview, we were like, holy shit. We interviewed someone amazing, and now you got to guess who it is. I guess literally, I said I'm putting myself on the line. If anybody guesses who we are interviewing this week, I am personally buying you a Kachina Aurora gift card. Like, personally fucking doing it. And here are the clues. Okay. If you live in the USA and probably anywhere in the world, you have heard of this person. Okay. I don't care yeah. how under a rock you think you are. You no. have heard of this person. Yep. You you probably don't think of them as a witch, but guess what? They're a fucking witch, or in this case, they're a fucking medium. And when this episode drops, your fuck your function, <laughs> your, your reaction will be, "What the fuck, really? Holy shit!" And then we place, and people started guessing immediately. <laughs> people started guessing, and th- none of them are right so far. So we had Jason Momoa. <laughs> who I'm going to be just dreaming like, about the day that we have Jason Momoa until that fucking happened. hilarious fucking hilarious that someone guessed that J-Lo <laughs> alright <laughs> Dolly Parton oh my god Jenny okay listen Parker. first of all if, if Dolly Parton came on the show I would die like yes. I would die because I'm such a Dolly fan I would just I would melt into That's a it. puddle and the podcast would be done. It would be a two-person podcast. Dolly, Dolly would be amazeballs. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, which Ex- okay, which is a like witch? a rando. Okay, that okay, was. Matthew, I can so see random. that. 
I could see it. I mean, I could, yeah. I could see him yeah. communing with the earth goddess after yoga and juicing or whatever. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, Angelica yeah. Houston. Okay. That was a, oh, good, that was a guess. good, that's a good guess. That's a good, good guess. guess. That's a good guess. Not, not correct, but a good guess. Martha Stewart. That was a yes. I want Martha. Okay. <laughs> I mean, if we could have that in a million years, but that would be amazing. You know, you know, if we could have the like Martha Snoop Dogg combo, I would be like, <laughs> I, could, I, I, could see it. I would just do Martha. I, oh, no, I, we I need mean, Snoop Dogg. The we combo have to have would be great, but Martha Stewart, oh, no, I've, no. Read, I've read some of her documentaries and, and some of the some of the stuff about her. They're like the best together. Oh, I know. Like, they're they're cool. amazing. All right, so back to the list. Um, Cher, which was another good guess. Good, another good guess. Um, yeah. Lena Headey. I was like, ooh, that would ooh, be a good really guess. Good. Oh, then this is my she played Queen Cersei. She played your favorite. I was wondering that. Okay, that's the yeah. actress that played Cersei. Okay. Yes, and she's remarkable, like remarkable human. I would love her. And then <laughs> my favorite one, OMG, did you actually get Tori fucking Amos? <laughs> did you like my comment? No. Yeah, Courtney would be I, dead. I said, I said I'm still not sure who Tori Amos is. And, that, and so that's when Hillary and I placed an ad for a new podcast co-host who must yeah. be sassy and kind of mean, must yeah. love ice cream and know who the fuck Tori Amos is. I have no idea. Like I couldn't name a song to save my life. I uh, we're going to move on, please. Cause you're making me upset. Uh, Natasha Demetru, Demetru, Demetrio. I don't I know this that. person. I, know that was. I don't know who that person is. Let me, let me, hold on. Let me look. We're it looking up. it up. Natasha, Natasha Demetrio. I love Demetrio. The name, though. Yeah, Demetrio. I think it, that must be how it's pronounced. I'm doing this she's badly. But... Well, oh, English. she's in what we do. She's from what we do in the shadows. Oh, Jesus Christ! I love that show. Yes. Oh my God, that would be great. So that's me. Even if I like love an actress, like I love Cersei was the best part of Game of Thrones to me, and like I still have no idea what the actress name is. I'm oh terrible. She, she played. She played Naja. Naja. Oh, so okay. So by the way, none of those guesses yeah, were right. None of those are right. They, those are very good guesses and those are awesome people, but our guest is fucking awesome and it's fucking Stormy Daniels. Yes, it's Stormy Daniels came to talk to us. Yes, Stormy Daniels came to talk to us about her amazing medium work and her paranormal investigation show called Spooky Babes, which is awesome. I was like, okay, shot in the dark, Stormy come down from on high and come talk to us about your badass paranormal shit. She did. And it is some y'all, this is the scariest is episode. Amazing, yeah. The scare. I don't I would never think that any of our episodes were scary. This is some scary stuff, y'all. Get know. ready. Scary. Yeah, I don't know what we were. I don't know what, I, what are you we didn't talking sleep. about. No, no. You literally said you, you didn't literally sleep said last you didn't night. sleep last night. No, 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 no. What I said was so part of you when we'll post the trailer. You can watch the trailer. I'm in love with the show. I'm I'm gonna be addicted to the show. I love, first of all, paranormal shows. But I am a super big fan of hers. She's so funny. She's so charismatic. She's down to earth. She's like someone you would totally want to just like no hang out with. at all. No yeah, bullshit. Yeah. Just super smart. Really cool. Super interesting. So anyways, I'm super excited about the show. Well, when you watch the trailer for the show and everyone has to watch the trailer for the show because it's really damn good. You find out that they have a haunted doll that they have met and that they have and her name is and her name is Susan. And so 
she actually, when we record, we are, we record on camera, even though we only release the audio. So she actually stopped and brought out and showed us Susan. Susan came to visit. actually really cute because when you think of a haunted doll, you think of something like the doll Robert. Like some horror People show, like Chucky right. or something like and that. Yeah. was famous. Um, and they're creepy looking just in nature, right? Just to look at them. Susan's yeah. super Susan's cute. cute. That's a cute doll. And so it was just so weird. And so Susan sat next to her. And and so I just, I loved the, the interview and she was so nice. And I just kept thinking about it. And I was laying in bed and I was going, you know, because it is a really cute looking doll. It was like, it'd be kind of fun to have a haunted doll. Like maybe I should like mm-hmm. look into that because there's, you know, you can get that stuff in antique stores. And I was like, that'd be mm-hmm. kind of fun. And then I was thinking about it and I was like, nope. Nope, not fun. Nope. I don't think that's a good idea at all. No. Why did I think that was a good idea five minutes ago? Like, and my brain just starts like spinning out. And I'm just like, nope, nope, that's not fun. Nope. That would be a terrible idea. I would never do that. I why I thought of that. So mid-interview, so Stormy had brought Susan out and introduced us to Susan and um, you know, it was telling us some stories about Susan. Lots. It's so good. Why amazing. You guys are gonna love it. So and she starts talking about Susan and my fucking entire audio infa- interface just shut down. Like all of a sudden my computer froze, my audio, my audio interface like just disconnected as if it had no power. Just the recording stopped. stopped out of nowhere. And it's right at the and point, so- right after Stormy said, she doesn't really like for me to talk about this. And then she goes yeah, into Susan it. Susan doesn't like when I talk about and this. Then Susan and then all of like- a sudden Hillary's gone and the recording stops. And then yes. Susan's like, no, I don't like it when you talk about this. Yeah. So, so you're things, not gonna. The things that that's, that she didn't want Stormy to share are not on the audio. Yeah, because um, the audio cut out. The audio is literally the recording, and we've never had this happen here. The recording just completely stopped yes. for like that brief time second. So yeah, if there's if you notice that there seems to be like some missing information, like what are, what's talking about here? It's because Susan didn't want that information out there. You'll still be able to get the, the, the meat of the story. It is, it's a good one. So, uh, we're so, super, a- we've been sitting on, on this interview for a couple of weeks now, not being able to say anything to anyone. And I know I've had a lot of DMS where people are like, you have to tell me who you're interviewing now because I can't take it anymore. I'm like, I'm sorry. Nope. Nope. <laughs> I will tell you we'll release it. So yeah, this has been great. So other exciting things, I mean, I don't know how you can like be more exciting than us doing this, but uh, also there's some awesome WandaVision things happening in the world. Yeah, we've kind of switched roles because Kanani is super excited about this last episode and... Shut up. You did not like this episode. You're lying. You're lying. You lie. I was underwhelmed by this last episode. Seriously? I I was. That's hilarious because I felt like it redeemed itself. Okay. Well, you talk about the redemption and I'll talk about the underwhelm. Go ahead. Okay. I what actually been really... in the episode, Kanani recap, recap. Well, I actually really like in stories and movies. I really like when they do like the background stories, the flashback the flashbacks. Yeah. I really yeah. like when they do the flashbacks and they kind of explain, um, so pretty much the entirety of the episode was Agatha trying to figure out how Wanda created the world that she did. And so in doing so is kind of walking her back through her life, 
you know, to figure out why the, the land is the way, or the, I don't know what you call it, the world that she's created is the way that it is. And so she's kind of showing backstory to um, her, her love of sitcoms and how, how TV has paid a, has played a role in her life. And so how the world's then kind of played along in a sitcom format. Um, and it was, so that was mostly it. It was, it was mostly backstory. There really wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, a whole lot of other storyline other than trying to explain kind of why the world existed in the way that it did. And then at the very end, they kind of flash forward to the white vision and things that are coming in the future. I actually really liked, liked this episode, even though it didn't have vision, because that's the thing that made me so angry about the one before was I felt like it was building up to the storyline of her and him. And then he was just like asked out of it. And he really didn't play any context in this one. Um, but I, I kind of like the backfill story aspect of explaining how how we kind of got to where we were. But I just where the episode lost me was at the end when Agatha looked at her and said, how did you do that? Because I didn't believe for one second that Agatha didn't know or couldn't do it. You know, we've already seen so much power with Agatha. When, so when she got to the end, she goes, so tell me how you did it. I'm like, I don't believe this. I don't I don't believe this as a central conflict. So I always read spoilers and I always read like other people's thoughts on shows. Like I will always read the spoiler. If I haven't watched it, I will read spoilers before I watch the episode. Like that's, that's how I am. I remember uh, when the Harry Potter movies came out, people were like, you have to read the book. And I'm like, fuck you. Tell me what happened in the movie. And they're like, no, I can't. You have to see it for yourself. I'm like, then I'm going online and I'm going to read all the people that have said everything that happened in the movie. And they're like, okay, fine. I'll tell you. <laughs> One of the things that I have read, which is interesting and I'm watching to see how it plays out is I, I didn't read the comic books. I don't know all the fan fiction. I don't know all the backstories for these characters. Um, in the comics, Agatha was not a villain. She was the Scarlet Witch's mentor. Mm. So people are intrigued that this Agatha is, is a villainous character. So what you just said that piqued my interest was that you don't believe she doesn't already know. Right. So it makes me, is the storyline going to be that she's helping Wanda to understand because she knows. Or maybe Wanda has created a villain out of her old mentor. And that that's just simply part of her reality is that now she thinks that Agatha is. Now, again, listeners, we are one week behind we're because that's when we record. No and also, by the time this comes out, a lot of these questions will have been answered because we're recording this on a Tuesday and it comes out on a Friday. Don't add us. No DMs about this, y'all. Not putting up with it. So, yeah. <laughs> So, That's yeah. not what happened. That's not what happened. And you didn't read it. And you did. Clearly, you're behind. Yes, we're behind according to the laws of podcasting. So, yes. Right. It doesn't matter. It's better. <laughs> still cool. Still cool. I'm very far behind. So, I just zoned out while you guys were talking about That's that because I was like, well, uh, I'm all, all I can think about is packing and I don't have any time to watch any TV. Um, anyway. So, Courtney, you have some suggestions for this last new moon that's happening before the spring equinox. Is that yes, right? Yes, that's correct. Friends, we are approaching spring. I know this seems like a who gives a fuck. We're still in the pandemic. It doesn't even matter. And oh, my God. I give a fuck because there oh. was sun. I saw physical sun 
for the last two days here. And I sat outside with sun on my face and I was like, fuck yes. It's Oregon. So it's a fall spring. spring and it is going away. You know it. I know it's we going away. We won't see the sun again until June. Yep. Anyway. It's okay. I don't care. Those few moments were worth it. All right. So as we know, as we remember class from our previous new moons, new moons are a really good time for cleansing, renewal. All right. We know that. Especially as we approach the spring, these energies are even more palpable and more powerful. The final new moon before the spring equinox is the time in which you're really going to want to shake out the blahs. Anything that's doldrummy winter that's like weighing you down, any of that sticky, nasty, goopy energy that's preventing you from really living your fullest life. Okay, this is the time to do the rituals around that. I would also recommend if you've not done your blockbuster road opening spells in a while, this is a really good time to do it. So um, a couple of the things that you can um, can do. Now, this is something that um, a, a friend of mine who's in the Espiritimo community in New York City taught me, so giving credit where it's due, is freezing a pan of water. So fill up a, fill up a, 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 a pan full of water, stick it in your freezer, let it freeze. And when you, um, before you stick it in the freezer, enchant that water with like whatever is holding me back, whatever is blocking me from embracing my highest good, like from being like really, really taking advantage of all that my life has to offer me, whatever is preventing me from doing that needs to go. Um, you can throw some rosemary and thistle in there, um, salt, lemon. Those are the kinds of things, all the energies of these plants and other materials um, are really good at, at cutting through stuff, blocking through stuff, uh, uh, breaking through the blocks around these kinds of things. Um, and then once it's good and frozen, you take it out to the sidewalk in front of your house. Um, if you have a stone stoop, like stairs leading up to your house, it's a good place to do it. Um, if you have wooden steps, this could damage them. So I would, you know, reconsider that. But like stones that are out in front of your house and you bust the block of ice. All right. And then the intention is may whatever is blocking me be released in a way that is least disruptive as possible. Okay. So if your living situation is your problem, you know, don't just wish it to go away as fast as it could, because you could end up with like fucking bed bugs or, you know, a fire or something and you have to leave, but where it's like, Oh no, we have found another apartment a few blocks away where the rent is less and the view is better or something like that. You know, so you want, you want your obstacles to be removed, but you don't want too many disruptions. So make sure you put that in the intention as well. Um, if that's not your thing, you don't have the freezer space. Um, you can always do a floor wash or a smoke cleansing for floor washes. Some of those same uh, materials are good. Rosemary, thistle, lemon, salt, lemon balm, any of that kind of stuff, boiling that and using that to wash your floors. Um, or if you just don't have time to do all that kind of stuff, going through the house with a good smoke cleansing. Um, again, I recommend rosemary. If you don't have that, lavender is also a good one to just kind of try to minimize things. But I recommend stronger scents as they're good for really breaking up that kind of energy. Start at the back of your house, move to the front, removing the blockages from your life. And then, you know, open up the doors and windows and be like, Hey, I am opening myself up to the new opportunities, the new things that are, um, bringing me what, what I need. And so again, that's good stuff to do this weekend and, um, happy spring y'all. Happy spring. So we 
Courtney, you also have a class that's coming up. Yeah, correct? let me just monopolize more of the time on the podcast. It's what I do best. So <laughs> this yes. is the Courtney show. This that is the you Courtney know. show. Uh -huh, yeah. So I'm teaching a brand new class through Catland Books. It's virtual. It is online, um, and you can you know come and join me live, or you can purchase the class and then download it on your own time. And it is about working with deities and witchcraft. Three part class focusing on how to know if a deity is calling with you, calling to you, setting up a regular practice offerings of devotions, rituals, and also how to work with um, deities of other cultures or, you know, in a way that is respectful and supportive. Um, so would love to see some TWL people there. So um, you can find out more on either Catland Books website or on our website. There will also be a link in our show notes. So I hope y'all can do that. And that starts, um, it starts in about two weeks. Fuck yes. Um, well, we want to take a moment to thank all of our Patreon supporters who are the best. Last week, we released um, a reading from Courtney's new book about Hecate. We're also releasing the full interview from Stormy Daniels. For as little as $1 a month, you can access this and other witchy content. Higher levels get you access to our private Facebook page, as we mentioned before in this episode. Uh, live virtual special events early release episodes, longer ad-free episodes, and boxes of ma magical goodies, including your very own Screaming Goat. And like our new Patreon, Bradetta, Courtney pulls the tarot card pulled for you on the show. Okay, so uh, Bradetta got the Four of Swords. Okay, this is a time for rest and restoration. So if you're feeling like you've been um, really rushing at something and trying to like, trying to, you know, bust through some blockages, like I've just been talking about, um, uh, you know, energies are actually telling you to pull back a little, it's time to rest. Um, it's time that maybe this is, you know, something is going to need some time to cool off before you can address it again. If you're feeling creatively stifled, it's a great time to step away from your project. Just like give yourself three days, give yourself an end date. So it doesn't turn into a year, you know, that this kind of rest is a rest in progress, uh, because the work or the opportunity will be waiting for you when um, when you're on the other side of things. Yeah, fantastic. Well, thank you for joining Bradetta as well. We're super excited to have you part of our Patreon. Yes. Um, Kanani, we have some fucking cool new spell kits up there right now, right? We do actually. We still have some of the Astara spell kits uh, for Spring Equinox. Got the l new Lux spell kits. We've got Love spell kits. We've got this Courtney's signed books now that are part of our Etsy page. Yes. We've got all kinds of the Ancestor spell kits are still super popular. The Full Moon, New Moon. Fantastic. Um, Another way you can support us is by becoming an episode sponsor. It's a great way to promote your business to thousands of witches. You can also purchase a shout out, let people know about your virtual event, or just send love to one of your favorite witches. Find out more at thatwitchlife.com. Are we ready for a word from our sponsors? All right. I know your bookshelves are packed, but you're about to want one more. The beautiful and heartwarming new book, Wake Me When You Leave by Elisa Donovan is available for pre-order at Llewellyn.com. After prominent roles in Clueless, Beverly Hills 90210, and Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Elisa Donovan's career was on the fast track. But when her father dies after a brief illness, she realizes that her newest role is to learn how to reconnect with her true self. Wake Me When You Leave tells the awe-inspiring story of the visitations, dreams, and inexplicable synchronicities that made her realize that even after someone dies, they never really leave us. And it's never too late to make peace. 
This book chronicles Elise's journey out of despair and heartbreak with nudges from a subtle spiritual presence that could only be her father looking out for her. This content has been so very real for us over here at That Witch Life Podcast, and we completely agree. Sometimes the universe sends us on a journey that we didn't know we needed. By sharing the lessons and challenges that the universe sent to her, Elisa inspires those who are learning to let go after a loss so they can live again with authenticity, hope, and humor. It is garnering praise from actors such as Melissa Joan Hart, who has called it beautiful and moving. This book is a valuable resource and you don't want to miss out. Pre-order Wake Me When You Leave today at Llewellyn.com and save 20% with coupon code WAKEME20. Coupon valid through March 31st, 2021. Not valid in conjunction with any other discounts or previously placed orders. Note that you do need to be logged into your Llewellyn.com account for coupon to apply. So make sure you pre-order Wake Me When You Leave. And thank you to Llewellyn for being an episode sponsor. In November, we had the amazing Don Hunt of Kachina Aurora on the show to talk all about food magic. And since then, we've all been obsessed with Kachina Aurora and their line of magical and delicious products. Seriously, I dressed my holiday dinner with a savory sage oil charged for wisdom and knowledge. And I bought my food-loving in-laws Kachina Aurora gift sets, which include infused olive oils, a garlic-infused olive oil for protection, and a rosemary oregano-infused olive oil charged for peaceful energy. I was delighted when Kanani bought me the same set for my Yule present. Now that I've done buying for other people, I am all about getting a bunch of this for myself because I am I'm <laughs> so excited. Kachina Aurora's oils are all made by hand and they do visualization and meditation over all of them as they're made. So they are infused with not just the flavors, but also the energies of the herbs and spices. And what's super awesome is that Dawn now has a new cookbook available, A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance. There are just so many good recipes in this book that are both delicious and will also help you focus in on the areas of love you'd like to enhance. I am someone who cooks a lot, so it's a great tool for me to plan meals that complement the magical work I'm doing. For example, she has a kale, chickpea, and quinoa salad designed for both health and opening the heart chakra. But this is a great book for witches who don't cook too. You can use it to think about which foods you might want to eat that will support your magical work as she lists the magical properties in many common foods. Whether you're interested in A Kitchen Witch's Guide to Recipes for Love and Romance or any of the other amazing oils or magical food products that Kachina Aurora offers, they have a special rate for our listeners. Go to kachinaaurora.com and enter Witch Life 2021 at checkout to get 10% off. The offer is good all year. Thank you so much to Kachina Aurora for being an episode sponsor. Okay, all, it's spring, and this pandemic may actually be over someday. So it's time to get shiny and pretty. I'm thinking about getting my nose pierced so I can be like all different and beautiful when I come out of quarantine. Well, if you're going to get pierced or get a new tattoo. Which I also want. <laughs> well, we really are going to have to recommend that you go to Dorm Body Art. With unique jewelry designs from vendors all over the world, Adorn is a woman-owned body and sex positive jewelry and piercing studio dedicated to offering the best service to their clients and local community with three th thriving locations in Southeast Portland, Beaverton, and Vancouver, Washington. And you can order online. It's really important to me to be supporting women-owned businesses, but I love these particular dames for their intentional, non-traditional feminism, which fully intersects with spirituality. 
They love bling, which means they and I are soulmates. They're packed with all of the shiny, pretty things that you could possibly want. Their selection is the largest in the Pacific Northwest, and they also carry the highest quality of ornate, ethically sourced natural adornments. From amethyst and rutilated quartz to tiger's eye and citrine, they have jewelry options with stones for every chakra. Adorn stands apart from other studios in that they are focused on art, not attitude. Their mission is to help their clients feel like the truest version of themselves and achieve body autonomy. So if you're looking to get pierced, Adorn can also assist with custom creating the piece of jewelry of your dreams to be as unique as you. So the possibilities really are endless. With ongoing education for each piercer who is also certified through the Association of Professional Piercers and state-of-the-art sterilization and sanitation, you are always safe and get the best when you come to Adorn. Adorn operates by appointment only, so go to adornbodyart.com where you can also see a sneak peek of the gorgeous jewelry that they carry. Don't forget, they do ship. You don't have to be in the Pacific Northwest to love Adorn. You don't, and honestly, if you're anything like me, you're going to spend all of your money on their super amazing jewelry. Thank you so much to Adorn for being an episode sponsor. So we'd really love to welcome Storm Stormy Daniels to our show. Stormy Daniels, already well known as an adult film star, director, author, stand-up comedian, and for famously standing up to the president, has always had one foot in the paranormal. Although she has had unexplainable experiences dating back to her childhood, it wasn't until she moved into a very haunted house in New Orleans in early 2019 that things really took off. These personal experiences and the devastating effect it had on her and her loved ones inspired her to embark on the new adventure to discover the truth. In early 2020, she had an intense experience at a location which resulted in the floodgates of supernatural being opened and unlocking skills that she didn't even know she had. With each investigation and passing day, Stormy's gifts of mediumship and healing become stronger and are constantly being validated by both recorded evidence and some of the most respected individuals in the paranormal field. Stormy, we are so happy to have you on the show. Welcome. Fuck yes. Amazing. I know. <laughs> nice, nice to be here. So, um, yeah, we're, we're thrilled to have you on here. And we, we kind of opened the show getting to know you a little bit. And so we really want to know... How did you know you were a medium? What was that moment for you? Uh, seeing dead people in my living room. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah, that'll do it. That sounds about right. <laughs> That's a pretty big tell right there. That seems about right. Um, I'm yeah. not serving you fuckers coffee. Get out. There we go. It was like that. I My living room became like that waiting room scene in Beetlejuice every morning. Oh, my God. Oh, God. <laughs> kidding me like everybody thinks paranormal stuff is spooky and it happens at night I gotta tell you though like I do I get the most activity between 7 a.m and noon like am I oh yeah my accurate um I have stuff I mean I have stuff happen all the time but I think that my readings are more accurate I can channel easier in the morning I don't know if it's just because I'm fresh or I, I don't know but I've some of the scariest stuff scariest stuff I've had um, has been during, during the day has definitely been before dark. Mm, yeah. Well, morning's kind of a liminal place between the worlds. You know? I was, yeah, was going to say that. I think it's easier also not to second guess yourself in the morning. You know what I mean? Like things are, you're just, your mind is more clear. So you're not Agreed. like, am I just tired? You know what I mean? You're, you're a no. lot sharper. So you're like, and that just happened. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I probably say, okay, well, that just happened, and what the fuck was that? Yeah, <laughs> I should just name my show. What the fuck was that? <laughs> You're like, excuse me, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I guess 
I didn't really know that I was a medium and maybe I wasn't actually. Um, I had a lot of crazy stuff happen to me like growing up, but I didn't actually, I saw things and things happened, but I didn't get messages like mm. what, what the definition is of a medium. And there's a lot of confusion, I think between a medium and a psychic. Mm. Um, I don't really predict, I can't tell you what your lottery ticket numbers are going to be. Sadly, <laughs> I'm working on it. <laughs> okay. You can test me. You can test me. I was like, yeah, I was like, I'm going to really need to win the lottery. So, (laughs) but I will say that like, I had these things start happening and they've happened my whole life, like, um, stronger intuition than the average person. Cause we can, we all have intuition, gut instinct, whatever. Mine was probably a little stronger than, than most. And I was tapped into it more. And I, it's funny because I attribute it to being in the adult industry and working in the strip clubs for so long. Mm-hmm. And being on my own since I was 17, like there was always those instances because I worked a lot. I used, you know, I bought my first house when I was 21 because I danced every night at the club in the city that I worked in and I didn't drink. So I was very aware. I wasn't old enough to drink uh-huh. when I started dancing. And so I had from 18 to 21 to see the other girls get like drunk and get in bad situations and get in fights and look sloppy and lose their money. So I never drank when I worked. So I was very much aware. And you always have these guys who want a table dancer, lap dancer to go in VIP rooms. And there are many times that I remember like a guy coming in and seeming complete, like nicely dressed, well-spoken, not didn't look creepy at all and wanted to take me into a private room. And something just told me not to. And I mm. always listened to my gut. I'm talking about a guy who was like, had nice shoes, a nice watch, right. was buying drinks and dances and smelled nice and looked like a, look like the guy that you'd want to be in the room with, you know, that yeah. has, and without fail, if I if there was somebody like that and something told me not to go or dance for this guy, that would always be the guy at the end of the night whose card got declined and the girl's crying because she didn't get money or he slapped her or like he did something. Oh. And so I think that just being a dancer, a sober dancer, and watching body language and picking up on the energies and all that kind of honed it a bit for me. But I won't say that a, my true medium stuff did not happen until um, – Probably when we started, you know, I moved into the house and I started getting images and I had this really scary experience where I was standing in the kitchen of the house that I was living in. And we I'd had crazy shit happening for like months at this point. You know, I mean, all the things that you could think of in a house that could happen, like the noises, the scratching things, moving like shadows, like every oh God. Wow. Constantly. And I was standing in the kitchen and I like blanked out, I guess. Mm -hmm. And I remember feeling like a woman's presence, but more strongly than normal. I could actually see her this time. And she was crying over a child that like had passed. This is just what I was getting. And, and it, it wasn't, it was some sort of an accident. And the house I lived in was over 200 years old. And I always felt like the presence of the, of a few women in the house, but this one, she was mourning a child, but she blamed herself. Mm. She's, like she was standing and I just, she was sobbing and cutting her wrists, like trying to like, oh. kill and I was, I was there. Like the room like morphed into like how it probably, like how it used to look maybe like not my furniture yeah. anymore. And when I came to, I looked down and my whole arm was covered in blood. I don't remember opening the drawer, taking the knife out and cutting myself. And wow. I was so wow. completely sober and I don't do that, you know? And so that was probably the first time that I was like, a medium. And then we started going to locations and I met a, a guy and 
um, who's a paranormal investigator named John Bullard. And kind of like the second we met each other, we both kind of, I don't know. But now that I've been going to these places, um, it's gotten more intense. And then COVID happened. And I think that a lot of people um, had started having things happen to them, not just because of the intense energy and everybody being so afraid and things being in such a dark place for the last four years, or should I say a very orange place for the last. <laughs> oh, yes. Yep. Um, but also a big part of what caused me, I think, to really acknowledge, experience, develop, whatever word you want to use about my gifts, is that I spent my the last 20 years traveling, yeah. sh- different locations, shooting, traveling, dancing, whatever. I wasn't stationary for very long. And then COVID happened and suddenly everyone's quarantined and you're yeah. just sitting. Life slowed down. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so you it got quiet. And when things get quiet, you hear more things. Yeah. Oh, that's so true. That's so true. I think it helps like what you said that you already, you already trusted your gut and your intuition. And I think that's one of the biggest obstacles people face when it comes to like mediumship and things like that is they second guess everything. Well, when you already have that kind of trust in yourself that you've already developed, like, no, I, I know what I know. I mean, I think that that's really awesome that you were then able to kind of utilize that to trust in what you were seeing and experiencing. Yeah, it's, it's, it was very strange. And kind of the first one I was, you know, I have a, I was talking to a friend on Facebook Messenger and she's an acquaintance. We only talk about horses. She's a horse friend. We see each other at horse shows. I don't know anything about her family, whatever. And suddenly I, I look over and there's a woman standing in front of my, I mean, this is like nine o'clock in the morning in my house in Dallas, which is modern. And, you know, like it's, the lights are all on, the windows are open. It's bright in there. And I look over and there's a woman standing in front of my fireplace. And I just started like live channeling and talking to her on Facebook message. It turns out it was her mom. I knew her name. I didn't even know her mom had passed away. Oh. Like, I, it was so detailed that I could see the chain on her glasses and knew that she had like really long fingernails Like she always had her nails super done long um, and was playing with the chain and drink. I knew what perfume she, I knew everything. And the woman's message to me was that she wanted me to go to her daughter's house. There was an emergency look and long story short, there was a water leak and I told her where it was at. And she convinced her husband to put a hole in their Venetian plaster and find this water leak in their house that they didn't know they had. And there's, all this black mold and that's been what was causing her health problems. Wow. And then wow. It was bizarre. That could have saved her life. That could have literally saved her life. Yeah, that literally that that it can be so dangerous. And then the very next day I'm chatting with a friend and he uh, his uncle came through. I was like, do you know somebody named Mike or Mark? And he's and I just he's uh, he's like, well I have an uncle Mark. And I was like, well he's I think he's you're gonna think I'm crazy, but I think he's in my living room. Has he passed away? And he was like no stormy you're freaking me the fuck out i go well he's wearing a denim jacket with tan corduroy he has a mustache he has a green coldman coffee mug and he's like that's my uncle mark what the oh, fuck shit and so he's like i gotta go he called me back 10 minutes later he's like no one has seen or heard from him in two weeks <gasps> oh my gosh no wow. yeah it was pretty crazy and the guy was like tapping me and he he's like tell him he's a good he's a he's a good kid like he was using lingo and the guy was like, I was like, Chris, did you just get a new tattoo? And he goes, well, Stormy, you haven't seen me in two years. I've actually gotten a lot of tattoos because he used to have none. I go, you got a tattoo? He was like, yeah, you won't believe it. And I go, whatever one your uncle is referring to is, is right here. And he said, that's you got that for me, kid. 
And Chris starts crying. And he sends me a picture of his forearm and it's the Monopoly man. And he said that his oh. uncle used to play like it was so specific. And then a couple days later, they still hadn't found him. And I was like, he drives a Suburban. It's parked on rocks. It's here. He's in a sleep. He had passed away in his sleep on a fishing trip. Oh. And like, okay, this is real. But I might as well have just hung a welcome sign outside my house at that point. Because once they're all like, she can hear us. Yeah. She's, she's listening. Like the every single ghost ever is like coming to talk to you now. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you recently came out publicly as a medium. What, you know, what was it like to come forward with that information? How do people respond to that? Um, you know what, this is really, it was less about being a medium and just kind of about the paranormal stuff overall. Mm. I was really shocked at how discriminated against I was and still am. I mean, I'm used to it because of the porn stuff. I'm used to it because of the political stuff. I'm used to it because I have a vagina, <laughs> you know, right, like exact, all- understandably, <laughs> but like, it's people in paranormal are, are already sort of like considered to be freaks and weirdos. Like, oh, yeah, welcome to the club. Yeah. That's what I thought, but no, they thought that they, I was, they are so fucking nasty to me. They're oh. like, oh, she's jumping on the ghost bandwagon now. And I'm like, no, as a matter of fact, this is very detrimental to my cases. Like I had a, you know, looming Supreme court case, which is now not happening, but I still had all these ongoing court, ongoing court cases. You really think it was a good idea for me to come out and suddenly start talking about seeing ghosts and stuff. That's, they could just call me crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and like, we, what do you, you, you know, know what? To, yeah. It's like, you have nothing to gain in coming out like that. Right. <laughs> and then everybody was like, Oh, she hasn't put in her time and she's doing this show. And like, they're just, she's only got hired to do this show because she's famous or, and I was like, um, I wasn't hired to do this show. I got the show because I completely paid for it myself. Yeah. You're like, have- you're like, I did this show. Me. Yeah. yeah. Anybody can do a show if they want to write the check for it, which is what I did. And you know, and I, they're like, I don't need to be famous. I was already famous. Now I'm just famous for being crazy on top of being a slut. Yeah. That was my plan. Like, that's the same thing I tell people when they're like, oh, you told you came out about the president because you wanted to be famous. I was like, do you know how many hot famous people I've fucked? Oh. Yeah, you're like, don't you think I would have gone with... No. A- yeah, like, people are such assholes. You're like, don't you think I would have gone with a different person if I that's what it was about? Like... Right. Yeah. It's... I'm so sorry you've gone through that because it is, like, it's hard enough to experience these things and, like to come out publicly about them and saying like, Hey, this is who I am. This is part of who I am. And to have people not welcome you into with opens with open arms into the like, you know, witchy paranormal, like, you know, occult community sucks. Like, you know, it's like, I'm so sorry that you had that experience because I know that it's, it's never easy to, to come out with that information and it, and have it backlash on you, you know? Right. But it's changing slowly because I just keep proving myself. You know, every place we go, I prove myself or somebody will ask me to give them a reading. And so far, I haven't been wrong. The running joke is I make everybody cry. Yeah. Well, and it's also a real gift in coming forward like you did. Because so many people experience the paranormal and they all start to think, I'm crazy. But when you have a public figure come forward and say, listen, Okay, I am I am also like you. I am also mm-hmm. experiencing it. Then it's no longer us feeling like we're the weirdos in the closet, which is part of the reason we started the show. And so I feel like you're 
you know, you're giving people a real gift that way. So yay. I think it's one of those things that people fear. Like even the, like, especially the most religious of people or people who claim to be super religious, like they are so anti because they believe it. They they have their own stories. They know things. It's in their family. And so I think I think that's also part of why you get that backlash is because you're talking about something openly and kind of making something okay that right, right. people fear. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, the show that you brought up, it's Spooky Babes, which is a great, which is an awesome title, love by the, the way. Title. I love the love title. The name. So, good. so tell us a, a little bit about the show. Um, so like I said, I lived in this house in New Orleans. I'm from New Orleans. New Orleans is haunted. Everybody knows yep. that. Oh yeah. Yep. Big time. This house was next level. And um, all the stuff was happening. The guy I moved into the house with lasted five weeks there. Like it really affected him. The house did not like him and it, but all this stuff is happening. And so I, I didn't watch paranormal shows. Um, I didn't know anything about them. I didn't, you know, but when this stuff started happening to me, I reached out to, you know, some, and I was like, well, I'm stormy. I can hit up people on Twitter and whatever. And nobody responded to me. Like nobody would help me. Mm -hmm. I put cameras in the house and got my own evidence and sent them and still nobody responded. I'm talking like the most famous people in the industry. Like I could not get anybody to come and help me. And I felt like I was crazy. And then, like I said, I'm sitting there, I'm cutting myself in my kitchen and, and the house drove him out and I stayed and I never felt like I was in danger. I almost became obsessed with the house. Like, you know, like I talked to her, it, a lot of weird shit happened. And I had 20 people that can back up the stories. And when I didn't have any intention of leaving the house, I, but the, I was leasing it and the owner wanted to do some repairs that required like me not to live there anymore. So they opted not to renew my lease. And I said, okay, as soon as the house knew that I wasn't staying and they started repairing the other side, it turned on me. And I, at one point I was like, I got like, I was having memory loss and headaches and they found a mass in my head. I was bleeding from the eyes and the ears and the nose. Oh my God. Wow. All documented. And no, like I said, nobody would help me and things escalated. And I, and now then my ex who had moved out thought I was making up ghost stories to try to get him back and telling people he was possessed to like get back at him. So it, I had met my friend Justin who had a couple of experiences in the house and he's like, why don't you just like get evidence and prove it? And so part of it was I wanted to prove my ex wrong. So it was me being a petty fucking bitch. And the other part of it was I wanted to know that I wasn't crazy and I wanted to know what these things were. And then as thing, you know, we started doing the show, we started doing more episodes and I learned more I realized that like I could, if Stormy, like not to talk about myself in third person or sound conceited, but if Stormy Daniels can't get somebody to help her, what about these other, and yeah. you know, I've already, oh, for sure. I give, yeah. I give zero fucks what somebody thinks about me, but like other people have to be going through this and, you know, afraid to come forward. I don't know where to turn for help or they go to their doctors and just get pres prescribed like Medicaid. Yeah. Like it's just it's really sad. So, so I really just wanted to help people. And so um, me and Justin just started the show and he's been with me You know, he, he just walked past. We're on the tour bus right now, um, but he and I have just been documenting and learning all this stuff. And he's since, you know, I knew he was special the night I met him, 
And that's a whole separate story. And he was raised very religious. His family's very religious. He's, you know, from South of New Orleans, very Catholic. And I was like, you're different, Justin. You're different. You're not quite like me, but there's something about you. And, you know, he he's now started to hear things and get messages too, but he's more of a healer. Mm. Like he can hear headaches from anywhere. It's cr- fucking nuts. And so that was the whole idea to start the show. Originally, the very first reason I started it was as a fuck you to my ex i'm not gonna lie but i mean i i've been is- that person before too <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> wrong with my projects nothing, you to nothing exes, wrong yeah. with a fuck you to your ex projects but now i'm three hundred thousand dollars into a, <laughs> a tv show a badass and, show and, i'm super you know, excited i love personally i love the paranormal shows i i'm addicted to them i absolutely love the paranormal the paranormal shows because yeah. some of it is you know um I don't know, for me, at least, some it's a relatable. I've also lived in a house that was haunted. So it's like, oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, that happens, you know. And, uh, and it's strangely yeah. such a male-dominated industry. It's so I think it's male awesome dominated. that it's like it's a, it's a woman-centered show with a woman's, like a, a babe's title. It's, it's fabulous. Yeah. No, yeah. I love that. And I think it's really true. I mean, I think, you know, to your point about making – these things that many people experience, not making them not feel crazy, making them not feel like weirdos. I mean, that was, I mean, like, as Courtney said, that was our whole point in doing this podcast is we were like, what would it have been like when we were teenagers experiencing all these things? If we had someone that didn't, that we could go to or find a resource to so that we didn't think we were just batshit crazy, you know, like, and so I just love that you're doing it. Um, so, you know, most of our audience is familiar with ghosts and hauntings, but can you describe what paranormal investigation means and how it's done. What do you do in the investigation? Yeah. So you could ask that question to any investigator. You're going to get a different answer. Everybody Mm -hmm. has their own techniques. I'm obviously still evolving, still learning. Justin has his own stuff that he does as well. Um, But it is all about gathering evidence first and foremost to, I mean, we know nothing really about it in the grand scheme of things. It's, you know, it's not an actual science and technology is developing so much faster. Like now we have all these tools that are more sensitive, you know, more sensitive recorders, night vision cameras, you know, all of these things that you didn't have before that you really just had to rely on a medium and what she said. And for every one of us that's, you know, legit, there's a hundred that are, I sense, you know, just full of shit. Yeah. There's a vibration. Right. And so... (laughs) Our main goal is to document. I don't really use, we don't have any of the stuff that we don't use a spirit box or um, any of that like stuff that could be, we don't even have a K2 meter. I spent the money on like the top end DVR recording systems, the best recorders, thermal imaging, night cameras with um, night vision cameras, trail cams are the most you know high end and sensitive. That's I'm more interested in documenting than creating something like I don't use the boo bear or whatever like any of those things that could be like misinterpreted so we go we we have a very interesting technique because I get the most activity when I first arrive at a place so when we go to a location I stay on the bus and the crew goes in and runs the wires and sets everything up and then I when they're about ready to go I open myself up and I just we do a pre-interview with me and I talk about what I see what I feel what I think is going to happen and then they go and do the history tour. If there's a place, you know, with the owner or whatever, they get the the information and they interview the mm-hmm. owner. And we make sure it's time stamped. I do mine first. 
So there's no way that I was in there. And then I'm almost always validated. And then we go in and we do the investigation and we always go in and we just, you know, um, sit quietly and we talk, we, we don't treat them like circus freaks. We don't provoke. Um, we make it very clear that we're not there to banish them or drive them out unless they want help. You know, we just want to communicate. We just want to know if you have anything you want to share. Um, we're not here to make you leave unless you want us to help you. Um, we're just very respectful. We pretend like it's like, like walking into a living stranger's house, mm. you know, you treat it with the same respect just because you, they're no longer here. It doesn't mean that they're not important. Um, and then we just, you know, try to interact the best we can. And we, you know, we do silent sessions. We encourage them to tell us whatever they want to tell us. And we also make sure that every room we go into and we speak that if they want us to leave, that give us a sign and we leave. And I've been on some other investigations or been around where people have said, like, if you want me to leave or you don't want us here, let, let us know. And it'll do something, but they don't leave. Right. Right. Yeah. And some of these so, the paranormal shows can be really disrespectful of the dead and try to rile super, them up. Yeah. So I really appreciate your approach. And we also want to debunk stuff too. Um, just because, you know, somebody can call you up and, you know, cause we started doing re- these residential cases and, you know, sometimes the person really is just fucking nuts. Yep. <laughs> oh. Like that does happen. And that needs to be addressed by a medical professional or a psychiatrist. Like it does happen. It does happen. Sometimes it's, you know, dude, you just got old pipes or, or, or <laughs> yeah. having hallucinations or whatever, because there's black mold and you need to move. Right. Like, and then, you know, and then if there is something paranormal going on and we establish what it is, or if it needs to be removed or the person needs to move or, you know, my big thing is teaching people like you watch these shows and you never find out what happened after the television show that left. always no, never me. that always has bothered me yeah that so we don't do that we make sure that you know people learn how to ground and protect themselves and if they need help moving or with follow-up care we do that that's why i just started the cbd company and um, that launched today oh congrats because I think it's, thank you i think it's a more natural way of in case they've been prescribed these like hardcore sleeping pills like i'm sorry have a little CBD. It's going to be way less dangerous than eating some Ambien and walking onto the street. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And it's just, it's all encompassing. And I feel like a lot of these shows are just in it for the shock value and they go in and rile up the activity and piss it off. And then honestly, the people are left with a bigger problem than before the show got there. Totally. I mean, I have always wondered that because you see them coming in and they're being kind of jackasses. And then you're like, these poor people, now you got a bunch of angry ghosts and they're like, peace out. We got our footage. Bye. Yeah. So we don't like that that sucks. So I love that. I love that you have the follow through and also help people understand what they're experiencing and how to cope with it and how to, you know, take care of themselves because most people don't know how to do that, which is part of the scary part of it, you know? Um, so your, your show describes some, uh, some of the hauntings you've investigated. And in one clip you made someone a believer, what happened and what made them a believer? Oh, that happens all the time. Um, <laughs> it might have been the one where we were at a location and uh, Susan, our haunted doll. Oh, they, yeah. They thought she she was in a different room. We had we did have cameras on her. She was in a different room and we were all two stories away. But there was a property manager there that, you know, because it was a historical home. And so there was a property manager there. 
And that person's there to make sure we don't break anything or steal anything or set the house on fire or lock up, you know, when we leave. And, you know, we'd stop filming and we'd take a little break. And I went into the office where this person's sitting um, to get something out of my purse. I'd set my purse in there. And I was asked, how do you make the doll talk? And we were, I, I was like, what, what are you talking about? They're like, does she have like a remote control or a string? And I was like, the doll doesn't talk. You heard the doll talk? Because she doesn't have a voice box. I've heard her talk. She talked the first night I met her. But, like, it, it, my point is it doesn't have a, a, a giggle box or whatever they call it. And I was like, what did the doll say? And she said the first time she heard it, uh, it was just like a laugh. It was indistinct. But later, there was a dis- the doll was overheard saying very distinctly, take her picture, take her picture. And when we reviewed the footage, it's at the exact same time that two stories up, another investigator was taking photos of me with his iPhone. And oh, it was like, oh, person definitely became a believer. And then um, I think you're talking about the clip when David Childers says, now I'm totally a believer. And it's yes. the, the night I was laying down and we had the REM pod set up and I, I'm able to communicate with another one of our investigators that I'm very close to. It's the, the one I mentioned earlier that I met the first night and there's a song that he trained me to. And so if I play that song and I concentrate, I can move energy. So you, you know what REM pods are, right? They're the, I don't know what REM pods are. No. So they're a device that it does a lot of things. It, it picks up like trim, temperature drops or spikes and, you know, electromagnetic frequencies um, any of that stuff. So it's, it's, to det- it's like a ghost alarm basically. And it's got an antenna and if something changes, an alarm goes off on it. And I was able to make it go off on command by looking at it. And one of our other investigators had a K2 meter. We don't have one, but it lights up from yellow. I think it's green, yellow, it goes to red. And I was able to say, make it turn red, make it turn green on command. I'm so glad you brought up that doll because I wanted to ask you about that fucking doll. Okay. So that was the scary. One of the scariest things I've seen is when I was looking at your site and I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Her name is Susan, right? Mm-hmm. Tell us about Susan. If you will. Let's get Susan. Hey, Justin. Oh my God. Oh dear. Can you bring Susan off out of her bunk? She has her own bunk. Well, she's part of the show, man. She's part of the cast. Yeah. He's going to grab her for me. Oh, my goodness. As long as it doesn't float in on its own. Hello. I love it. She looks gorgeous. Oh, it's really cute. (laughs) So, yeah, that's Susan. She's our haunted doll. Um, She's got a great story, actually. Uh, Actually, you guys should listen to the playback later because there's a good chance you have her on EVP. Uh, Several podcasts I've done, they've called me back a couple days later and be like, we've got an EVP during your podcast. Okay you'll know it's her because she giggles she has a little kid voice and she'll giggle and she talks um so susan originally belonged to a little girl in around 1955 who we don't know the child's name um i'm assuming she's who named her susan for all i know there could be a thousand dolls like barbie named susan i don't know so susan belonged to a little girl who died of what we like stomach issues stomach cancer and she was sick for a long time and she passed. And I think that if they had buried the child with Susan, this wouldn't even, she wouldn't even be here now. Cause this was her binky. Like Susan was her comfort thing. And the little girl passed. And after she passed, the family said that the doll started to creep them out. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't where they left her just made them uneasy. 
So they called in Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, I'm assuming you know who that is. The Warrens. I don't know who the Warrens are. I need to be caught up immediately. Oh, no. The Warrens are considered the original paranormal investigators. Lorraine was a very powerful medium and Ed was, you know, the scientific. They're, they did the, they, they're the investigators behind Amityville and The Conjuring. And okay. Okay. Got it. And they had Annabelle. Like, they're the oh, original. Yeah, all right. Can, they're the OGs. And so they, this was in 1955. Ed and Lorraine have both passed now. But they went to the house and they cleansed the house and they took Susan from the family. And Susan spent 50 years in their haunted artifacts museum up in the East Coast. And they have a uh, nephew, I believe, named John Zaffis, who still has a television show, I believe. He's their nephew. And he acquired Susan. And about 10, 11, 12 years ago, he auctioned off some of his haunted items for a charity and Susan was one of the items that got auctioned off. Um, she was purchased at that auction by John Bullard, who said he was compelled. Those are his own words. He was compelled to buy her. He had to have her. He spent a couple grand on her. But it's about a house in Mississippi that I'm not supposed to say the name of because, you know, I'm a whore. But she uh, lived in a glass case in that house for like four years the second paranormal investigation Justin and I went to was on, was to that house and John never let anybody handle Susan. She was, you know, his bae. She was in pristine condition and lived in a case. And Justin asked if she could, if he could hold her, he was fixated on her. I was like, what the fuck is wrong with Justin? And we didn't know any of these people. And so for whatever reason, John let Justin hold Susan, which is everybody else that was there was kind of surprised because he never let people really handle her. And mm -hmm. just three hours, like, burping her and rocking her. And I'm like, he, he at the time, he was 22. Like, a 22-year-old goth hot guy, you know? And he's walking around with a baby doll for three hours. And everybody's looking at me like, "Yeah, what's up with your friend? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. And at one point in the night, we stopped to have dinner. And John was pretty nervous about letting people handle her. So he asked him to put her back in the case because she's worth a lot of money. She's an antique and she's not in her original clothing. Now I, I change her clothes. Oh yeah. Like, she looks, she's, she's, I noticed she very, has a quite a, she looks very odd chic. outfit. Yeah. But she, her original outfit I've taken off of her and folded and put away cause it's valuable. And, and she has her own wardrobe now. She's, she's got it going on. Awesome. Uh, so, but she was wearing her original dress The you know, John never changed her clothes. And so Justin goes to put her down and he asked, do you like it when I hold you? And that's the clip that's in our trailer. And a couple days later, John called me freaking out and was like, you have to fucking hear this stormy. We, Susan spoke to Justin and he asked, it's on our trailer. You can play the trailer. And that was the first time that they have her speaking on, on camera or on film or, or recording, should I say? Cause we didn't hear it. And oh John was pretty freaked out. We thought it was about Justin because she spoke to him. But as we, John joined our team and we started investigating and John and I became a lot closer, um, it became pretty clear that it wasn't about Justin. It was about me. So we have her talking to lots of people now. We probably have 50 EVPs of her. We have her laughing, crying, talking, moving. I'm always present. Mm. So it's about me. And she's, she's a good spirit. She's a little, a little girl who's trapped in there and just misses her mom. And so Aww. she, 
she sleeps with me. She goes everywhere. There's a car seat in the car. <laughs> like it's it's a thing. Oh my well, god! Well, it makes sense. I mean, you are a mom, and yeah. that's so. I think and she's her, like, yeah, yeah. And her and my daughter are super close. They have matching oh. outfits. <gasps> oh my god! That's matching amazing. outfits. That's so for your amazing. daughter and your haunted doll. That is the most badass witchy thing I have heard at least since noon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Susan's very special. She's she's definitely she's a, becoming a star, and she's. She's funny. She's cheeky every now and then, but she does. If she doesn't like somebody, you know, because as we carry her around, you'll see people like if we're in a crowded place, like an airplane or, or a restaurant, there's always one person that's like that knows that knows. And, and, and she'll just like, no, yeah. And you know, she's do you ever hear her just, like with your audibly with your ears, like if you're sitting next to her, or is it usually just over something that's been recorded that you hear back later? Both. Both. Um, I hear her on recordings. I hear her with the name. You know, if you actually watch our trailer, when you hear me say, tell me you guys hear this. And I'm, that's a cell phone video for my phone. It's because she was crying. That's with my naked ears. I heard her crying. Oh. Um, and then we, and I also sometimes just hear her in my mind, which is what happened at the conjuring house when she was attacked. Mm. It's, it's weird. It's, it's a thing. And I sound like a crazy person, but I don't think too do. many people have heard her move and talk and whatever. And um, Susan's not her real name. I have since been given her real name that we don't tell anyone. Yeah. And there's only like four or five of us that know it. And I was on the phone with another girl who I didn't really know very well at the time, but she's also a medium. And she was like, I can hear Susan. And I was like, can you? That means she likes you because we're just on the phone. She goes, you know that that's not her real name, right? And I go, yeah. She goes, she just said my name is, and she said the fucking name. And I was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Because there's no way this person knew because we don't tell anybody her real name. Yeah. That's, I mean, we definitely know, it's amazing. I mean, we definitely know that, that spirits can inhabit objects. So like, it's not, you know, I don't, I don't think you're crazy at all. I think that that's amazing that you've found this connection with this spirit that sees you as a mother figure. That's fantastic. I mean, and so lucky for her too, to be able to find someone that, that can connect with her on that level because she might not have found that in any other way. Yeah. No, she's, um, she likes it when we talk about her. It's funny, but um she keeps me safe for sure like she likes to go into investigations sometimes i have to ask her to back off Hmm. she's like she's protecting mom yeah we did an investigation at a school uh like a haunted schoolhouse in iowa the far school and i was getting nothing like nothing everybody else had all this crazy stuff happening and i was like i got nothing i think i'm broken at nothing. But then we have an EVP of her and I know her voice. Like I know it really well. Now she has a very distinct way of talking. Get away. She's my mommy. Oh, ah, she wow. was like totally telling the ki- the kids there to stay away yeah, from you. She was super jealous. She gets really jealous. I had a guy hit on me in a, in a bar and I was, and he was nice. He was actually really cool. He wasn't like a scumbag. And I, I kind of liked him actually, but somebody's a cock block. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and so she was 
she, he was sitting on the bar and he jumped and I go, what? And he goes, I think she just moved. And when I looked at her, I knew I hadn't touched her and her head was in a different position. She was staring at him and he hit the floor. He's out. He's like, what? Like, You're not <laughs> my Another dad. believer made, Stormy. Another believer made. Another well believer. done. <laughs> so we have a listener question. Um, this person says, okay, what the fuck? My ex-husband became Catholic towards the end of our marriage. I was just on the phone with my daughter and she has given up something for Lent. She has no idea why. And I feel like he is just indoctrinating her, giving her no choice or reason why. How do I approach the subject with him? I've never told her. I've, I've never told her she's had to do witchy things. I have always wanted it to be her choice. Well, the hard part about this question is there's no context to the age of the child. Are we dealing with a four-year-old no. or dealing with a 14-year-old? Yeah. Um, so that's really hard to answer because I don't know how old the child is. But I would start by asking why. Asking, like, why did you give this up? And that opens the dialogue. Do you understand why? But in the grand scheme of things, giving something up is not that bad. Uh in the sake of keeping the peace, depending on the age of the child, I would say this is one of those battles I probably would choose not to fight because you're giving something up, not accepting something. It's not like he's putting something in her body or like asking her to like, you know, like what's the harm of giving up meat for a month? It's probably good for you actually, or giving up sugar. I mean, I would just, it's, it's that's hard to answer without knowing the age. Yeah, I, I agree. It is a little hard without knowing the age. Although I would say that like, I mean, if this were me and it were my child and I was in this scenario, I'd probably like similarly ask, you know, what, you know, what, why are you giving this up? What does this signify for you? And then also that like, we can sometimes experience rituals and things that involve other religions without being indoctrinated by them. Like, you know, if I go to my, you know, my family, they're Episcopalians. Like, so when I go to um, mass over the holidays, like I go up, I don't take communion. I cross my hands and the, the, the priest will bless, blesses you. Right. right. Even though that to me, like, I mean, I practice witchcraft. I have no interest in being an Episcopalian, an Episcopalian, an Episcopalian. Like I have no interest in that regardless. Like it's still an interesting thing for me to experience. So I think, you know, one of the things that the listener could do is talk to her daughter about how there are different practices mm -hmm. in different religions and how, they're valid and how they, and how, and just make sure that she understands like what, you know, help her understand I, what it means. I would use it as a way know? to open the conversation. And mm, I would, yeah. would say, why did you decide to give this up? Do you understand the meaning of it? But I mean, there's a lot worse things that X, X, you know, I agree. Yeah. And it, I think it's also the nature of exactly. And also what they gave up when we were growing, I grew up Catholic. Um, so I think just making sure that the child knows you're not going to be punished by something. If you change, if you find that this is not something that you can keep up with, that's part of is also learning yourself. And then you can also tell her that Courtney says you can do what Courtney's family does. And everybody gives up liver and buttermilk, the two easiest things to give up in the entire world. Boom. Right. Salt. <laughs> the other, and I would say too, like, you know, kind of what you, what was already hit on is, you know, there's really not a whole lot wrong with introducing someone to something. No. So the fact that the ex introduced her to the concept of Lent is not something that I would necessarily feel, um, you know, unless there was some unspoken rule of you will never speak of witchcraft, never do anything like that. 
you know, and, and you will never, ever do anything that involves being Catholic, you know, then just exposing someone to something, you know, isn't innately, you know, disturbing because, you know, you can also expose them to things and, you know, right. maybe they do yoga, maybe they do meditation. Like there's all kinds of different things that you can, you can expose a child to as long as there isn't someone, you know, saying this is the only way to be, you have to do this. This is the only belief system. You know, I, I, like, like Stormy said, also the age of the child matters because as the child gets older, also they're going to be exposed to different religions and concepts from friends. Yeah. I mean, I have, I expose my daughter to lots of different religions so that she's prepared to have the conversations when she meets people out in the real world and she doesn't say something fucked up that embarrasses me. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, Oh my God. My daughter asked me in front of a large group of people. What is church? You mean like those conversations? Right. Now I want to know. It was so terrible. We go to my friend's parents' house for Christmas dinner, and her mother is newly religious. Even my friend was like, you know, and we (laughs) sit down to eat, and everybody holds their hands out to do grace. And my daughter just goes, I just washed my hands. I'm not touching you. (laughs) (laughs) Daughters would get along famously. It gets way worse. It gets way worse. So I'm like, she like, holds a hand. She's look the whole time. She looks like she smelled something terrible. Oh my god! And so the lady starts praying, and I bow my head and whatever. And in the middle of it, my she was four at the time, so it's that whisper that's not really a whisper. She leans over to me and goes, "Doesn't she know there is no God?" <laughs> Fantastic! <laughs> oh, I wish we could see we could oh, see Stormy's my- face right now. <laughs> Like oh my fantastic. god, fantastic! <laughs> oh That's like my friend's You're just like why? He just kept going. Meanwhile, my friend, I could see her across the table, and she thought it was the greatest day of her life. We haven't been invited back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Oh my god! That's oh my so. God. so- that's so funny. I mean, kids, you know. They- I love that so much. It's <laughs> that belongs even. in a movie. I never said there is no God. We just, we, I never even had that conversation with her. But doesn't she know there is no God? <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, why are you? You're like, why are you? People are looking at this right now. <laughs> that is my favorite kids thing I have ever heard. That's like last week I was telling them how I took my daughter to Bath and Body Works and we were accosted as soon as we walked in by the saleswoman. He's like, hi, can I help you? Can I help you? Can I help you? My daughter just looks at me and she goes, mom, she's not okay. (laughs) And I'm just like, not not so loud, honey. Not so loud. Wait till we have fully walked by the woman before you proclaim to the store that she is clearly mentally unwell. Right. My daughter said in Target one time when she was two, she pointed at a like a man with a like a belly and said, "I didn't know boys could have babies." (laughs) (laughs) And you're like, "Oh God, why? Why?" In my mind, I just let go of the cart and bolt it and left the lab. Right, right. Like, the guy was so cool. He turned around and rubbed his belly. He goes, "No, honey, no baby, just a lot of beer." And I was like, oh. Oh. "And God, he was cool." Because I was like, "Oh, fuck." You're like, "Why?" You know, me? he tells that story all why the time. Me? 
So, uh, so Stormy, where can people follow Spooky Babes and all of your other work? Okay, uh, where can they find you? So you can go to spookybabesshow.com. That's our actual website. Uh, Spooky Babes Show is also our Instagram. But if you go to any of my social media, I have the link tree at the top, and you can find all of it. Um, what I don't have up there right now, though, is our YouTube channel. But if you go, it's, it's posted. Like everybody, go check out our our trailer and follow us. Um, subscribe to our YouTube channel because we're about to start releasing a bunch of stuff, and we just started a TikTok, which is Spooky oh, Babes. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm so bad at TikTok, but I'm trying to learn. It's so hard, <laughs> it's so hard. But I am very much in love with our TikTok videos because. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to watch really them. Funny. I want to know how to join the Susan fan club. That's she, what I, I want to know. Okay, so her Instagram is Spooky Babe Susan. Nice. Yes. Yes. I'm joining that right all now. Right, we're all doing yeah, it. We're gonna. You get a bunch of witches. We're all gonna follow you. Gonna you're gonna get. Yeah. Yes. You're gonna. Buy, <laughs> well, Stormy, yeah. you are so, you are um, an amazing woman, and uh, yeah. and I just I'm holding out the energy that you have everything happen to you in your life that you want, like all of your dreams come true, because you are well, I amazing. I get asked, you know, all the time, like, doesn't it scare you doing like paranormal? And I was like, I saw Trump naked. Nothing scares me anymore. That, there we you're go. Like, you're no a here. That's a that's a high fucking bar. I mean, like, how are you know what I mean? Like, that's it <laughs> would be hard to fucking beat that. I'm like, a, I'm not afraid of demons. I already falls an orange hobgoblin. I'm fine. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> bravest woman in the world. Exactly, bravest woman in the world. I mean, like, you're like, I, you feel like it's like it's that moment where you're like, I can pretty much handle anything at this point. So it's gonna be okay. I, I cannot wait for the show. Him, I should have just put him in a jar years ago and called it a day. Oh, oh! <laughs> millions never too of late. witches around the world have been working on that. Yeah, yeah, we've been working on that pretty hard for a minute now. <laughs> so, um, we just want—I can't even stop laughing. <laughs> we just want to thank everyone so much for listening. If you want to sh- support the show, the best way to do so is subscribe and spread the word. Please also consider leaving us a rating and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also buy us a coffee or check out our merch at our Etsy store. For bonus content, become a supporter on Patreon. We are on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. For show notes, audio transcripts, or to ask us a question to answer on a future episode, go to thatwitchlife.com. Until then, keep moating that shit, and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Stormy! Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. That was awesome. So mote it be. Are we ready for a... Are we <laughs> like, why can't I say the word ready today? Are we ready for, <laughs> are you ready? Ready? But, uh, ready? Are we ready for a word from our sponsors? I don't know. Rhea, okay. I'm going to we... say that again. That okay. sounds... <laughs> sound like demonic. Are we ready for a word from our sponsors? Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Fuck both of you. You fucking assholes. <laughs> Fuck you. Courtney.